This week on the Rotten or Righteous podcast, we ask the question, Will the shepherds come? Nah, nah, not in this, because when Jenkins tells the story of Jesus' birth, it's really a story about Mary Magdalene. <laughs> Welcome back to Rotten or Righteous, the only podcast whose first appearance sent every shepherd within a hundred miles radius sprinting in the opposite direction. Just, here, here. <laughs> just know that if you have any film recommendations or questions, you can direct message us on Facebook or, uh, or smoke signal. Yeah. Smoke signal. You can direct message us. You can direct Holy message Express. us. You can direct message us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rottenorrighteous, or you can email us at rottenorrighteous at gmail.com. And if you're listening to this, uh, do me a favor. Hit that subscribe button. You've already made it past the opening joke, you know? So just just even if you don't stick around, just, just hit that button. You can ignore us. And if just you're like listening us. to us on Apple Podcasts, it would be really cool if you gave us a quick five stars. With me today, as always... He doesn't mind being here, but it's not like he has a choice. Luke Taylor. Oink, 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 oink. I want to be a dentist. (laughs) (laughs) Along with Luke, we keep him around to scoop up all the poop that we find in the studio. And no, we don't have a horse. He's Scott Judge. There's a lot of poop. Oink, 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 oink. And me, well, I have a dirty rag I want to give you. I kept it in a box under my window. <laughs> I'm Zach Kyler. <laughs> oink, 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 oink. Luke, put <sighs> that mouse away, my boy. Okay. I don't, have, I don't have any mice. There are no mice here. Somebody has a mouse. Stable. I'm hearing a click, 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 clickety, click, click. You know, that's Joseph clicking at that donkey 1,700 million times. That donkey did not want to be there. But it was the divine. Uh, but before we begin, um, you know, it, it's just a few days until until Old Saint Nick comes down to celebrate the pagan holiday of Yule, and uh, maybe you're like me and you you need some last minute shopping ideas. I, I took it upon myself to to go through and and find a, a few. Surefire, go ahead, pop them Tic Tacs in, Scott. Yeah, give me just a second. All right, we're good. <laughs> go ahead. They're out. I came up with a few surefire last-minute gift ideas that is sure to please everyone and it won't break the bank. For example, for someone that you love, I um, recommend Archie McPhee's Uh-Oh! Emergency Underpants. <laughs> 
Now, is it before or after? For less than $7, you can get a small and discreet plastic-encased pair of underpants just for when nature calls. As the slogan says on the packaging, always ready to use. Jim McPhee. But maybe you want a more personalized gift. May I recommend uh, the light when, insert name here, farts candle. Oh, yes. Everyone knows somebody that farts. Matter of fact, I would be willing to bet that everyone you know farts. <laughs> what you know what we need to do? The Rotten or Righteous survey. What better way to show someone you love them like a 6.5 ounce hand poured soy candle that has their name on it? For example, the one uh, uh, given in the ad says light when Michael farts. You can find these uh, from Bomb Designs on Etsy. <laughs> Do you have someone in your life that constantly complains that life is not fair? Well, may I recommend for you the Zelvig... The Zelvig Vu, I guess is how you s- pronounce D-S-E-L-V-G-V-U, miniature, or wooden miniature violin. With stand, bow, and case. So that way you could play the world's tiniest violin for the next time they whine. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> mm. You can find that for $12 on Amazon. Do you have someone in your life that has given up to the point where they're willing to wear fanny packs and they've already stopped exercising? Then, man, do I have the perfect thing from you or for you. Again, on Amazon, retailing for eighteen thirty-five, we have the Dad Bag Fanny Pack Gifts 3D Men Beer Belly Waste Pack Waterproof Fanny Pack Unisex. Basically, <laughs> basically, it's a fanny pack with a realistically printed photo of a man's hairy belly button. So when you walk around, it looks like you got a big old hairy belly hanging out of your pants. And that might be less embarrassing than actually wearing a fanny pack. I could see you buying that for camp next year, actually. No, I'm not going to do that. That's very disappointing. Fanny packs are actually like kind of useful to carry little cameras in. Hey, are you someone that needs to know what day it is? I know I am. Then may I, may I recommend for you the... 2022 Pooping Pooches Calendar. (laughs) And you're asking yourself, Zach, what is the 2022 Pooping Pooches Calendar? Well, let me tell you, it is a wall calendar with 12 pictures, one for each month, of a pooping pooch. I've seen enough of that while dog sitting. I don't ever want to see it again. You can get that for $15. Are you still working from home? Because if you are, do I have the perfect gift for you? Who says that you can't treat yourself this holiday season? From Raising Rooster, another Etsy company, treat yourself to a personalized work-from-home mug that simply says, definitely wearing pants. And that's have, you ever, have you ever taken an interview in like, uh, you know, with, a, with a nice shirt and shorts on or boxers on? I've preached like that a couple times. Dude, the entire time of COVID, I had nothing but a button-up shirt on and, like, basketball shorts underneath. It was great. It was great. 
Well, this year, Dallas Jenkins said, hey, those guys didn't like season two. Wait till they see the special I throw at them. That's right. The Chosen put out a Christmas special called The Messengers for some unknown reason. Because there was not a single messenger in this entire show. But I digress. Now, Dallas framed this movie as a theater or theatrical film to be released. He said, we can, we can sell movie tickets to this. So much so that the pre-sales alone made over $10 million. Wow. Now, of the two-hour and 20-minute runtime for this thing, half an hour of it is an actual episode of The Chosen. <laughs> I was scrolling through this. I was like, I'm so confused. I'm like halfway through, still can't find it. Three quarters of the way through finally see something that looks like an episode yeah half an hour of the two hour and 20 minute runtime is the chosen and you ask yourself well what did, what are they doing for the other 90 minutes well let me tell you i'd love to tell you really uh at least for 20 of that dallas jenkins is begging for money in order to continue the show which i regret to inform you that this show will live on because Every season but season 8 is fully funded, and the last time I checked, season 8 was 78% funded. I looked just last night, and they said that like season 3 wasn't even fully funded yet. I looked... Maybe that was before the $10 million ticket dump. I don't know. It just makes me so sad that we're going to have to deal with this forever. I've got a more important question, though. Why do we ever not take a little bit of time and beg for money? Take a little five minutes out of the podcast, beg for money. Hey, Colin, how, how are you doing? <laughs> Colin, I know you're listening. Hey, Colin, give us some money, please. Give us some money. Okay, we did it. We we begged our fan That's for awesome. money. Hey, it's great. We'll see what happens now. Is our Belgian listeners still listening? Or hey, hey, no, they're, they're still, no they're still there. <laughs> hey, 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 Belgian listener. <laughs> How's your cash flow? Send us a bagel at least. No, I don't want a, a bagel. A bagel. Yeah. You want, you, want a bagel. A, you want a Jewish pastry from Belgium? Yep. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. The Chosen put out a Christmas episode. Uh, Dallas Jenkins begs for 20 minutes. Um, the episode is maybe a half an hour long. And the rest of the time is just terrible bands that you'd find on like 104.9 the river in columbus ohio i think everybody has a river uh uh radio station the ones that are just christian rock all the time so they play like the six songs that are actually semi-tolerable over and over and over again do you want to do you want to just say to yourself here i am for worship but man i just want to punch you in the face Better be worshiping in your car. We have one of those here, but it's run by the Baptist Church, and it's like they only play like old hymns. Great, they ain't into that new hippie contemporary. Does anyone actually watch Dallas Jenkins's like monologues on these? Because I as soon know. as I see his face appear, I immediately yeah, turn it off. Fast forward it, yeah. No, and, and <laughs> so I was like, like <laughs> and to be, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give these people a, a fair shake here. Right, because it opens up with some Christian rock band singing some rendition of some terrible Christian rock band song, 
And then uh, at the end, they're just like, thanks for watching the Chosen Christmas special. I just knew when Jesus was accepted into, when I accepted Jesus into my heart, I was filled with the Christmas spirit, not just on his birth on December 25th, but every day of the year. And I said, no, I'm done with that. <laughs> Dallas Jenkins is clearly confused about his own denominational affiliation at this I'm point. I'm telling you, he is. He, go on. he is the walking embodiment of the, or embodiment of the, the, uh, community church of those stupid ex churches <laughs> that you see out there. Like, hey man, we're just gonna squish everything together and throw it at the wall and hope we get some of it right. <laughs> I just want to let you know that in Belgium, there's a it's, it's on Facebook, Belgium Bagels. It's a coffee shop called The Shack Bagels and Coffee. Scott, Ooh, the shack. point was I, I wasn't saying that Belgium didn't know what bagels were, but it'd be like. <laughs> I know. It'd be like Listen, fly into France and go and get a Big Mac. I want our Belgium listener to send us a bagel from the shack. Don't listen to him. Okay. Let's get into this show now. Like every good Christmas special that tries to tell the true story of Jesus, ours begins with a horse-drawn cart in AD 64 at dusk. <laughs> Pulled up. <laughs> That's a great opening. Like every good story about Christ at Christmas, we open up in eighty sixty four. Is it? Did it say eighty sixty four on the or eighty? The it, no, it said eighty forty six. Oh, okay. So forty six. Yeah. I Darn you, dyslexia! <laughs> <laughs> I somehow missed that date, and so I was like trying to figure out how the. That story was fitting into the birth of Jesus. Yeah, you were confused through the whole thing then. And well, no, I mean I figured it out eventually. <laughs> but a man in the cart or that's driving this cart is looking pretty haggard. And he uses his tired eyes to look at the Roman guarded city gate that he's approaching. He stops the cart and puts on a cloak, never taking his eyes off that gate. He ensures that a box in the back is concealed with straw, says a quick prayer, takes a deep breath, and throws on his hood like Emperor Palpatine himself, and moves forward. As he does, his portfolio stuffed with papers falls to the floorboard. The scene fades away. It's now daytime, 4 BC. Joseph is leading a pregnant Mary on the back of a donkey, and if I notice color, I, I would say something here, but thankfully I don't. <laughs> But if I wow. noticed color, the first thing that came out to me was that Joseph is a black man. And I got to tell you, I like if it. If we noticed. I like it. I like what you're doing here, Dallas. I see you, and you go, you know what? Everybody gets it wrong. Middle Eastern men are not, you know, blonde-haired, blue-eyed white men from Scandinavia. I'm going to go completely to the opposite side of the <laughs> racial spectrum. <laughs> I feel like Dallas might be just, uh, he's like, yeah, I gotta make this a diverse show. I'm just telling you that that man is related somehow to the Ethiopian eunuch. That's all I'm saying. I would, <laughs> I would not have had, I would have taken more of an issue with that, but I thought he was a pretty good actor. No, so I had, I, like, I, right, I really didn't have any there. problem with it. Did you watch Eden's monologue? No, I didn't. Because I gotta tell I just you, found it. I've traded. I'm scrubbing through. I've traded Eden in for the the young actress that plays Mary. I'm sorry. She... <laughs> really? I'm sorry. 
so anyways, marries this pretty young brunette. She's says that she's not comfortable on the back of the donkey because she's very pregnant, would rather walk, something that, that Joseph vehemently refuses because he wants his betrothed to rest. But he does try to make Mary more comfortable by lightly tugging on the blanket that she's sitting on. <laughs> I was waiting for her to fall off. <laughs> He's just like, I'll fix the blanket. Tug, 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 tug. What are you, that's not doing anything. But Mary insists, and she's helped off the beast of burden. Then Mary thanks Joseph for not publicly shaming her by divorcing her in the town square. <laughs> I, I wish Kelsey would thank me for that. <laughs> and then Joseph, this is my first really big problem with this, because it made me think about it for a long time, a lot longer than I wanted to. Because Joseph's like, it's cool. God told me not to. It's not like I had a choice. You know, God told yeah. me in a dream not to. Cold, man. Real cold. I kind of took that as a joke. <laughs> like, I thought that was some Dallas Jenkins humor trying to come through, but it was like... No, <laughs> wasn't it, exactly it just came pure. across like... You know, that's not how I imagined Joseph's supportiveness. Like, look, I really wish we could have got the stoning done. Because, <laughs> but, you know... But... Because, you know, Mary... Three was over there giving me the eyeball, and you know how I always liked her. But uh, in the end, he says, you know, I'm pretty happy with the way things are. <laughs> it's so weird. It's the weirdest choice in the entire world to have this discussion right on the border of, of Bethlehem, where they're just like, hey, Joseph, thanks for sticking by my side. I love you. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, they're God, like right at the town God, limits. In I was making a joke there, Scott. You just stepped all over it. It's fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. Jump, me, jump in here, buddy. Let I'm me sorry. get the, the footprints off this joke that I was making. Okay. Mary's sitting there on the border of Bethlehem going, I love you, Joseph. And Joseph's like, yeah, uh, man. <laughs> About that. It's a good thing God told me to keep you. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's what he did. Mm. Yep. Mm. Mm. Uh, he's, I feel like what he—I feel like he wanted to uh, like shout out Joseph here for being a good guy, but like he didn't want to recreate a scene from the past in order to do it. So they're like, ah, yeah, they'll just—they'll just have this discussion while I mean, they're uh, on their way. Is a good guy. Yeah. He's probably the best guy. <laughs> but I, I feel like no, Joseph my... didn't get enough credit for like uh, for what he did because he would have—that would have been a rough way to start your marriage. But you know, they're all happy, and then Mary's like, you know, I'd rather not walk because she's pregnant, and that's what pregnant women do. They change their minds 47 times, and you just grin and say, yes, dear. Back in AD 46, the nervous cart driver is having his cargo checked by a Roman guard. When asked what he's hauling, the nervous man says, oh, you know, just, just the best figs and pears and other assorted produce you ever did see. Oh, man, you should see my figs. Just huge. I'm trying to figure yeah. out why this guy was, like, being so... Uh -huh. Weird, word, nervous, um, hesitant, uh, nervous, full of anxiety. Like, well, I was yeah, trying to like, figure out. I'm like, oh, he must have he must have some kind of like angle for being this way because he's really bad at his job. Otherwise, well, then he he like he made it a point to you know cover that box in the back with straw, and then like the Roman lifted up the tarp. It was just like buy straw immediately. Like <laughs> nothing was hidden ever. Yeah, why would you even put the straw thing. on there? And he opened it up, and there was everything in that box but figs. 
Yeah, we're good, man. <laughs> and then the Romans like, look, I need to see your papers, which were which you know fell on the floorboard in the earlier scene, and he can't find them. But then a mysterious ghost hand shoves his portfolio into view <laughs> and hands it over to the Roman. And the Roman inspects them, hands them back, and says, Hail Caesar. And lets the nervous man pass through. Then we're back in Bethlehem, 4 BC. Hey, quick question. Who did you think the hand was? I thought it was Peter. I honestly did not even... I didn't know. I had no idea I, yeah, who it I, was. I didn't yeah, even I thought, speculate I on Peter. it. I, I thought he was going to introduce... Like, I thought it was going to be somebody who had never seen before because... Um, you know, he had two new characters. Well, well, everybody had the new characters up to that point. Okay. I was hoping it was Matthew that he, like, basically became a gang lord and was being smuggled into... Yeah. Like, he took over for Throw. This was. That would yeah. be a cool angle. That he took yeah. over for Throw. He was the new Throw. <laughs> Except he went by Thu. <laughs> Bring me my hammer! What's... Hey. You trying to cut Thu out of the deal? No, Thu. I'm sorry. He sings a song later on in season four about how he's mad at his dad for naming him a boy named Thu. <laughs> Life ain't easy for a boy named Thu. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> stupid show. All right, we're back in Bethlehem at 4 BC. In a busy street, Joseph is looking for some dude that he knew since childhood named Samuel. But the city is so crowded that he forgets the layout of his hometown because that is a thing that totally happens. I can't tell I you how many times happening place. I know, but can I can't tell you how many times I, I went back home to Canal Winchester, uh, you know, during the Labor Day festival and everybody's the crowd the streets are filled with people. I'm like, I don't know where I am. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> It's so dumb. Why? Why what do you mean you don't know where you're at, Joseph? <laughs> it's your hometown. Mary is clearly in labor, so Joseph gives up on trying to find his good bud Sammy and instead decides to take Mary to the public well for a drink and then to the inn for rest. And then we're back into AD 46 because this show just gives you whiplash. Time traveling whiplash. And the nervous cart driver draws half of an ichthus on the ground, also known as a Jesus fish in the dirt. And the one who answers the door completes the fish. And the driver... I was really confused at this point because I was like, wait a second, Jesus isn't born yet. <laughs> but, you like how that's like the secret handshake? No, and that's exactly what it was. At this point, I even wrote in yeah. my notes, I said, I wrote, dang it, Jenkins, way to win me back. I forgive you for Jesus' first arrest at the end of season two, but you have a long way to go before I forget about the hammer. So at the end of the show, do you feel like Jenkins is forgiven? In hey, your hey, hey, let's get there. <laughs> but that's, that's literally what they did. The Jesus fishes that you see on the back of the cart, they were a symbol in the first century during the persecution to identify uh, Christians. One Christian would draw half the circle in the dirt on the ground, and if somebody completed it and made the fish, then you knew that they were uh, uh, one of the members of Christ's church. They and were it, in the way. And so it was uh, the bright and shining way. I'd be willing to say they were in the glory land way. Um, I'm in the way, the bright and shining way. Yep, that was the song that I was I'm referencing. I'm in the glory land way. Okay, oh, you get it. Okay, got it. 
So, you know, he draws his Ichthus, the guy completes it, they know they're brothers. Jenkins wins me back for a second because it was a pretty cool little Easter egg there. And then the cart driver removes his hood and says something that I have no idea what he said because I rewound it about 12 times. But the most I could just get out was he said, Dejukis. I, I don't know what Dejukis is at this point. I think it was supposed to be tic, uh, Tychicus, or I mean, however we pronounce it, Tychicus. Tychicus. Eh, I never thought of that. I think he was trying to say Lazarus, because that's who the guy at the door turns out to be, but he pronounced it Dejukis. No, Lazarus was the dude driving the cart, wasn't it? No, Lazarus was the dude with the beard. He went to Lazarus's house in Bethany. Oh. Or... Lazarus is just walking around like I came back from the dead. So Which was, was next to, uh, and well, he changed his name. His gang name was Dejukis. Um, Dejukis. <laughs> Word. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, they share some pleasantries. The driver comments on the fame of the one who opened the door, Lazarus. And then Lazarus says that Paul is very complimentary about the cart driver, who we still have no idea who he is and then asks if everything is safe and sound, referring to, I assume, the ghost hand in the back of the cart, or who that hand is attached to. And the cart driver says... And then, the cart and driver then there's s- just this, like, 10-second camera shot on yeah. the non-moving back of the cart. <laughs> well, they needed to pad that two-hour and 20-minute runtime. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I kept waiting for somebody to jump out and go, surprise! Why would they do that, Scott? That You'd be the worst sneaker in the entire world. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, hey, is everything cool? And uh, the car driver says, yes. And Lazarus goes, great, someone's very eager to see you. And then Lazarus invites the driver and his mystery ghost hand passenger in, and I'm asking at this point in time, who are these people? And I wrote the words, if the person who the ghost hand belongs to turns out to be the hammer, a.k.a. Mary Magdalene, oh, excuse me, if the person waiting for the ghost hand turns out to be the hammer, a.k.a. Mary Magdalene, I hypothetically promise that I will actually throw a literal rock at the back of Jenkins' figurative head. Figuratively? Really? Hypothetically promise that you'll throw a... Literal rock at Jenkins's figurative head. Is that how that was? Yes. Surely, I, I did not. Jenkins won't work Mary Mags into this episode. I didn't. I didn't want somehow this to get back to to Jenkins, and he take this as a threat, and then I get arrested. So I think I covered my bases by saying that I will hypothetically promise that I will actually throw a literal rock at the back of Jenkins' figurative head. Yes. Do you think you could take Jenkins, like if? He's squared up against you. You think, think you're gonna? I think my four-year-old could take Jenkins. <laughs> Jenkins is the question, ki- Jenkins the kind of guy that you gave him a purple nurple, he'd go crying. Why, why'd you do that? My dad wrote the Left Behind series. You <laughs> <sighs> so got me on the edge of my seat, Zach. Well, you're gonna have to wait because exhaustingly, we go back to BC four. Ah. <laughs> Mary is waiting patiently for Joseph to finish arguing with an innkeeper. And then Jenkins decides for some reason that this is the perfect time to bust out his new fisheye lens. And we get this really weird shot of Mary saying a prayer. 
where only her, she's in the, like a 10-foot circle around her is in focus, and everything else is real blurry. It's real weird, oh. Dallas. Why'd you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Quick cut to Mary as the older lady that we know from the first two seasons of The Chosen, uh, mumbling the same prayer that the younger Mary is praying. Then we're back to the younger Mary, and a frustrated Joseph comes back and says there's no room for them at the end. Spoiler alert. But then Mary and Joseph uh, are told that they can camp in the innkeeper's stables. And apparently these innkeepers are the nicest people who do not have a vacancy in the history of nice people that don't have a vacancy. Because not only do they say, hey, go ahead and stay in our stables, but... We're going to give you clean blankets, water, food, fresh straw, and even baby clothes. But they were, Joseph thinks that they wanted a bribe for getting in. See, maybe they felt bad about it. Maybe they were like, you know what, that lady's about to have a baby. We're not nice enough to let her have a room because we need some money and we're greedy. But we're going to give but, her you know, everything. Give her some cloth. Just let the providence her stay of God, with, gentlemen. With the divine the donkey. God. Really? Because I think this is just the providence of Jenkins. Maybe God appeared to them in a dream and said, don't let these people in. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, but we got the perfectly room. We got a, we, for some reason, we have a 21st century birthing suite in our back there. <laughs> <laughs> no. They go to the barn. Are, are you sure? Uh, we've got the very first trained OBGYN <laughs> here. No! <laughs> barn! <laughs> And then Mary's like, cool, because this baby's coming, so we better get settled. Then we're back to 46 AD, and older Mary is woken by Lazarus, the guy who answered the door. And Lazarus tells Mary that she has visitors. And we see that the ghost hand belongs to none other than Mary Magdalene the Hammer herself. I quit. I am done. How? How did Jenkins... Our host has gone oh. and had a heart attack. <laughs> I can honestly say I did not expect Mary Magdalene to walk around the corner. No. I thought I thought was like, and when not she did, all. I almost actually I actually took my computer, I le- leaned it up against the edge of the couch, and picked up my iPad, and I was like, I'll watch this out of the corner of my eye now. I'm not interested any longer. <laughs> Dear listeners, I apologize for that outburst. I'm back. I've had a moment to cool down. Do you know what happens at the end of uh, season eight in real life, don't you, Luke? Mary, Jenkins and Mary walks out of... No, what really happens is Mary walks out of the tomb with the, the nail wounds in her wrist, and we go to <laughs> cut the credits. Then Jenkins marries her character. Man, I can't wait till season three when Mary walks on the water. It's going to be great. I would like to know, I wish Jenkins would take a poll as to, like, I mean, is Mary just, like, a fan favorite among other people? Because we obviously don't like her. I can't even pretend like I like her anymore. But it, I, I I, kind of assume that's why he puts her in here, other than pushing his feminist agenda. It has to be just <laughs> having a girl voice among the 12. 
Well, you got like you got Mary. You, you have two. You have a good actor and young Mary. You have a good actor and old Mary, and then he just inserts this, and I'm just like Jenkins. I, I feel like make... Mary Magdalene is exactly who Jenkins is. It's the female embodiment of Jenkins. Nobody likes Jenkins. Nobody likes Mary Magdalene <laughs> inserting themselves all the time, <laughs> and yet he thinks everyone loves. Hey there, everybody. It's me, Dallas Jenkins, just inserting myself into the podcast here. Hey, if you could just spend $20, just give it away this Christmas, it'd be really great. We can finally get season 12 of The Chosen done, and that one is going to be a doozy because Mary is going to heal the demoniac. You're not going to want to miss that. Uh, but anyways, I know that you guys all really like me inserting myself, but I'll be back later, but I've got to go. Bye. Uh, deuces. Be weird. Be chosen. Guys, Dallas Jenkins just ran into my office, punched me in the head, stole my microphone, and then ran out again. You know what's interesting, Luke? You loved her in season one. No, he didn't. He, he never loved her. What he loved was antagonizing me. It wasn't all about that. It was some about that, but I don't think it was all about that. No, I, I mean, I didn't hate her in season one. I, You know, I was like, okay, you know, this is an interesting character to insert here like i'm a you know, there definitely were women who followed jesus around in his ministry and the bible even mentions them but there's no but stories have... on them so i was like okay jenkins like go for it but then it became like mary magdalene is everywhere mary magdalene is the she, leader of the chosen yeah she, she knows more than everybody else she has more insights than everybody else she knows jesus better than anybody else it's just like stop okay and i'm not for sure that she's not the chosen but she but he's doing it right because like in in the sense of like Rama, right? Good female character, not inserting herself into the stories or taking over. Like he he shows that he can write a good female character and stay true to the biblical narrative, and that's what frustrates me the most. The show has so yeah, much potential, I, but he's ruining young Mary, it. Young Mary, old with Mary, Mary, both of them are good. Eden was good. Rama's good. You could have inserted, uh, 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 you could have inserted Martha and Mary Lazarus's sisters later on down the line. I mean, Mary Mags got smuggled into Bethany because Mama Mary has a fever. She has chills and they're multiplying. She's Mother losing Mary, control. Get it right. <laughs> because the power Mary Mags is to supply in, it's electrifying. Apparently, like Lazarus and and this other dude. Um, they're like small names within Christianity, but Mary Mags is so well known well, my, and so reputable that she has thing to get smuggled in. That I wanted to, I wanted to shoot my TV when the next scene happens because Lazarus is in the background, like, "Hey, you girls want anything? Hey, hey, ladies, do you, can I get you some water? Maybe some hummus? <laughs> you guys want some pita? I'd be down for that. And then Mary turns. Yeah. And then Mary Max turns around like, "We're fine, Lazarus. Leave us alone. <laughs> Unless you want to bring us a bagel. We're, so we're gonna write the Bible. I will lower the hammer on you, Lazarus. <laughs> Jesus won't be around to resurrect you a second time. Um, <laughs> but you never know. Maybe I can. All right. So, anyways. Mama Mary asks for news about the apostles, and Mary Max tells her that things are getting hard out there for a saint. And they... <laughs> Why is that funny? Because I was making a play on things are hard out there for a pimp, but I changed it to 
saint in my mind. And it was subtle yeah. enough that I, I almost forgot about it until I said it. And Mama Mary says that she's going to pray for them. And then asks Mary Mags if she could get a hold of Luke. And why does Mama Mary need Luke? Because apparently, when Luke talked to her to compose his gospel, Mama Mary decided to keep some secrets for some reason. Being sneaky. Uh, How's that set with you, Luke? This is the second time this stupid story thread has come in in The Chosen. It was from the first episode of The Chosen when Luke is... Or not Luke, but, but what was it? John was taking notes about everything. And then mm-hmm. Mary's like, I don't really want to tell you about Jesus' birth. That's my little secret. Uh, what? what? What is the point here? I, it's dumb. Jenkins is dumb. The show's dumb. Well, I mean... Back in 4 BC, Mary and Joseph arrive at the stables. And they get to work preparing it for childbirth. This makes or basically consists of Mary making the feeding trough into a bed, while Joseph cleans a spot for Mary to give birth. We're treated to a nice long shot of Joseph cleaning poop out of the stable, because it wouldn't be a Dallas Jenkins production without a poop joke, or in this case, just a long shot of actual poop. I thought it was a nice touch. I thought... That I'm very sad that I now know Dallas Jenkins's directorial little signature styles. Like, ah, there's the poop in this episode. Found it. <laughs> you know, and I guess all this time thinking about Jesus and where he was born, and and when they shoveled the poop, it it really brought it home for me to like, yeah, this is uh, this is the uh, birthing environment that Jesus came into. Yep, anyways, uh, when the manger is all ready, Mary says a prayer, but Joseph's too distracted to listen because apparently the Minnesota Vikings had just won the Super Bowl because on the horizon, purple and gold illuminate the skyline <laughs> like a weird version of the Northern Lights. What was right that? out of the Book of Opinions, by the way. I think that was supposed to be the star. Because they like to, I mean, they never explain that. <laughs> I, like, I'm, no. I'm pretty sure that was the heavenly hosts appearing to the shepherds. That's the only thing I could think it could be. Which, whatever, fine. How else are you going to show it? I wouldn't have picked that way, but whatever. I'm... At least explain it better. <laughs> Listen, Dallas Jenkins doesn't want you to read the Bible unless he wants to throw things in that you wouldn't know unless you read the Bible. Um... Joseph is snapped back to uh, attention when Mary's water breaks. And Mary wants Joseph to go and find the innkeeper's wife or someone who, you know, has gone through childbirth to help. But Joseph tells her that there is no time because everyone knows that when a woman's water breaks, you have about 30 seconds before the baby comes. That's it. At yeah, the most, 12, or 30 seconds. 12 hours. There is no time to find anything anything or anyone because that baby's on the express train it's coming immediately there is no time on mary's business actually kelsey's water broke at eight o'clock in the p.m and she didn't give birth to joseph until seven forty-five in the a.m i mean you literally have all the time in the world joseph right, okay so mary is in labor joseph comforts mary with a ret wag a, a ret rag <laughs> a ret a ret wag. <laughs> and she be, liked it. Be jo- comforted. Joseph comforts Mary with a wet rag on her belabored forehead. 
Which leads us back to 46 BC. Mary Mags is blotting Mama Mary's forehead with a cold compress. Mama Mary then tells Mary Mags what she didn't tell Luke. Her psalm, the one that she was inspired to say when she met her cousin Elizabeth, who was pregnant with John the Baptizer at the time, soon after Mama Mary found out that she was going to be the mother of Christ. As we've already talked about, Mary or Mama Mary picks and chooses what she says to people because when Jenkins read Luke 2.19, which says that Mary treasured up all these things about Jesus in her heart, he thinks it means that Mama Mary kept them real secret because that makes anybody. total sense. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. It's real stupid. It's real dumb. Real, real dumb. Dumb, da dumb, dumb. Uh, what Mary says is recorded in Luke 1, 46 through 55. Uh, but Mary Mags wants to hear this divine poetry, and Mama Mary says that she's going to do more than that. Mama Mary wants Mary Mags to write down her psalm and send it to Luke. Yes, dear listeners, you heard me right. According to the Gospel of Jenkins, Mary Mags technically wrote Luke 1, 46 through 55. <laughs> Did she not? Can anyone disprove it, though? No. Zach? Oh. Wait, did he? Did he? No, he, I'm here. I, he just Jenkins, stunned in silence. <laughs> Jenkins has a very. He's an idiot! I don't think Jenkins understands what inspiration means. Meaning that if Mary decides to keep this a secret, somehow the Holy Spirit is going to tell Luke what he needs to put in that gospel. You're so, Megan's indirect patient. Mama Mary recites her psalm as Mary Mags records. Now the Chosen uses the pagan New International Version when quoting scripture, but here at Rotten or Righteous we prefer the authorized King James Version. So please enjoy Luke 1, 46-55 the way it was originally written. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in my God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear from generation to generation. He hath shewed me strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats, and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. His so mama Mary. Accents. He was like British there for a second. <laughs> that's what that's what I was thinking. Really, I was trying to do a Middle Eastern accent. Um, as Mama Mary says these words, we're given a montage of young BC four Mary giving birth, and the baby Jesus comes out of of young Mama Mary and. And Joseph wipes him down with some salt water. And Jesus is born. And Mary and Joseph kiss. 
assume, I imagine for the first time, to which I'm like, Joseph, I know you had to wait till the baby was born, but you're going to need to give her a couple weeks, man. <laughs> Look out, mama! <laughs> and young Mama Mary places Jesus in the feeding trough to get some sleep. Will the shepherds come? Nah, nah, not in this, because when Jenkins tells the story of Jesus' birth, it's really a story about Mary Magdalene. Back in 46 AD, Mama Mary has another secret to tell Mary, and it's one that she keeps in a box by the window. It's a present. Present for Mary Mags from Mama Mary. And it's, you know, just the blankets that Mama Mary wrapped Jesus in when he was born as a reminder where all this had begun. And I, 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 I haven't had a chance to ask Kelsey since watching this episode. I just, but I really want to ask her if she needs a reminder of when Joseph was born to remember. Hmm. Something tells me no. Something tells me she has a pretty clear recollection of what went down. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Mama Mary tells Mary Mags she loved her like a daughter. And Mary Mags leaves to deliver Mary's psalm to Luke. In the final scene of this episode, we see Mary walking into Luke's office. And when Luke asks if Mama Mary wants to add anything to her account, Mary Mags just nods her head and smiles at the camera for a good, what felt like, 15 minutes. And then cut to black the end. Now, I will say, I was was very, very concerned for a minute. Because Mary is being led to Luke's office by a a young man who's maybe, uh, let's say... 13, 14 years old, walking in front of Mary to Luke's office. They're both wearing similar clothing. I'm like, is Jenkins going all Dan Brown on me here? Are we... Is that Jesus and Mary's offspring is what I thought. I truly thought that that's where we were going. I I honestly thought... I mean, think about it. (laughs) 46 BC, it would fit the time frame. That kid... Was born right around when Jesus mm. died, but he just turned out to be a servant. It's okay. It was just a hey, slave. You know what? If that ever happens, I'm going to have a hard time finishing the, the series. Okay. So, what did you guys think? Well, I twice they referred to her as Mother Mary, which was led to my comment about Jenkins being confused about his denominational affiliations. Mm-hmm. That. There was absolutely some Catholic. He was like playing to the Catholics on that one, which makes sense because his advisors are like half Catholic. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what's going I, on. I like how Mary just like flexes on Luke, where she's like that last scene. She's like, "Yeah, I have a bunch of information that you don't have because I'm the thirteenth apostle. I'm I'm Mary." You know, a couple yeah. of things I did like. I mean, the Ichthus I thought was cool. Um, there was no mention of Christmas. There was no wise men, but there were also no shepherds. Yeah. And this is the smallest amount of Mary and Joseph giving birth to Jesus you probably could have put on screen and still called it the story of Mary giving birth to Jesus. That's <laughs> true. I feel like he wasted two good actors to spend all his time on his pet project. Mm-hmm. Would Mary it Magdalene. surprise you if he and the actress that plays Mary Magdalene is having an affair? Yeah. <laughs> Matter of fact, that is the only thing I can I can think of of why this is happening. I mean, I, I would be, to be honest with you, I'd be upset if they weren't. <laughs> All right. Well, here's the thing. 
We're done with Christmas. I shouldn't say upset. That's the wrong verbiage. But no, we understood what you meant, but we're gonna go with what you said. Um, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> it makes for better podcast. But uh, we're done with Christmas, and in a few weeks, Luke is gonna move to Albania, and so he's gonna take at least a month off. I guarantee you he'll be back probably around March. He'll need he'll need some outlet for the gray Albanian. Uh, uh, like I said, Luke, we got a few more weeks with Luke before he moves to Albania, and he'll probably be murdered there like sometime in February. So he may not even Man, be back in March. Not even, that's not even funny, dude. But I, I do think he's going to be back in March. I really do. And Luke does too. I'll be honest. Uh, but uh, I want to send Luke out on a high note. And there's a couple of movies that Luke has brought up several different times that he's wanted to review that we haven't had a chance to review. And, uh, yeah, they star one of my favorite actors, uh, Tom Hanks. Uh, and so to ring in the new year, I think that we need to do, uh, well, next episode will be angels and demons followed by the Da Vinci code. Ooh, those would be good. I like both of those. Did they make a third one yet? So the follow-up to... The Da Vinci it, Code is... I know there's a third book. Yeah, it's not really a follow-up. It's just, like, kind of keeps the same characters. It's now, uh, Inferno. Yeah. I thought we now, watched The Da Vinci Code. No. Now, some people will say that, Zach, you should watch The Da Vinci Code first because it's the older movie, but that's just because you're stupid and a bunch of illiterates, all right? Because the first book starring Robert Langdon is Angels and Demons, then the Da Vinci Code was the second book, so yeah. I think there's actually another one in there somewhere called uh, Code Break or something like that. I just know that Angels and Demons takes place before the Da Vinci Code, so we're going to do it in chronological order. Angel, so, I like Angel and Demons the best. Well, I have not watched them, and so I look forward to to watching them. So uh, for Rotten or Righteous, I'm Zach Geiler. I'm Luke Taylor. I'm Scott Judge. Before we go, a uh, lady went in for a physical routine. Here, said the nurse, handing her a urine specimen cup. The bathroom's on your right, and the doctor will be with you shortly. A few minutes later, the lady, lady came back of the, out of the bathroom with an empty cup and a relieved look on her face. Thanks, she said. They had a toilet in there, so I didn't need this after all. <laughs> uh, good night everybody and uh, i'm gonna try i'm gonna try that the next time i have to do that merry christmas dude i get so pee shy in those situations that like i'm just thankful if i can put enough in Um, so did anybody see Dallas's like lighting setup and studio setup? It was like this terrible blue and red backlight. It's like, dude, you just got ten million dollars, and, and you're better. filming this in this terrible looking room. It just looks like some old wood paneled house. Hey, but at the at least we know that he's not putting the money that's donated uh, into his own setup. <laughs> I suppose. Because he couldn't have filmed this at his studio. All right. <clears throat> hey.
Yeah, he doesn't have a he doesn't have Facebook. a he doesn't have a studio. He shoots in location <clears throat> in Utah at, at the Mormon <laughs> Tabernacle Jesus Village or whatever it's called. It was someone like you that got Anne Frank caught. <laughs> what? She and her family that were hiding up, up in the attic, and then your ancestor was just sitting there eating sauerkraut and a turkey leg, and then you hear the Nazis downstairs like, We're looking for the Franks. And then you're like, surprise! Surprise, surprise, yeah. surprise! Oh, Donka Shane. <laughs> Have I got a door for you? <laughs> it's an interesting, uh, interesting point you bring up, Luke. Was Joseph a virgin? I'm imagining so, seeing as he wasn't willing to take Mary back when she cheated on him. It would have been a little bit hypocritical for him to be like, y'all, everyone knows I'm Joe, big time and all the women up here in in Nazareth. All right? Looking at you, Stacy. You know what we had last weekend, girl. But I can't be with no trifling <laughs> tramp that's sleeping around on me. I'm Joe well, big time. Well, did that all the time back then. <laughs> I mean, that happened all the time. But Joseph was, like, was righteous. They wanted, but the women weren't allowed to. <laughs> Joseph was righteous. Just me can you, like, <laughs> just a little... It's Zach's fault. Are you getting scolded, Luke? <laughs> Why are you getting yelled at? <laughs> what the heck? Too loud. She's like got a client call. We're done with Christmas, and in a few weeks, Luke is going to move to Albania, and so he's going to take at least a month off. I guarantee you he'll be back probably around March. He'll need he'll need some outlet for the gray Albanian. Uh, uh, Wastelands. I don't know, but, man. The way he just got scolded, he may not yeah, be allowed. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm kind of concerned yeah. about that. I'm about to message <laughs> Megan and be like, excuse me. Does, does she beat you? I mean, should we be concerned? Do we need Luke? to call somebody? Um, it's possible. Megan hits me all the time, but it doesn't hurt. She does hit you. Oh. I knew it. She Actually, she always like shakes her fist at me. She's like, why I ought to... <laughs> That's her go-to.
Dari Bajaji. Ha, 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 ha.